0: Good morning. It is Saturday, February 26th, 2022. My name is Chris Hume. I am the managing editor at the Lancaster Patriot. And today I want to talk to you about two things. One, foreign affairs from a biblical perspective as we consider the Ukraine crisis, and also government education, especially as it relates to what's going on now in Florida and other parts of the country where there's controversy about what should be taught, what moral issues should be taught if moral issues should be taught in school. So first of all, let's talk about Ukraine and foreign involvement of America all over the world. Obviously there's a lot going on in Ukraine right now, and we should be praying for the people of Ukraine, all the people over there, especially the the church and missionaries involved in over there in Ukraine. In fact, on Monday, I will be speaking with Don Curran, who is the Eastern Europe coordinator for HeartCry Missionary Society. So pray for the people of Ukraine, pray for people all over the world who are facing hardship and pray for the Russians as well. Pray for people that there would be peace, that there would be righteousness, that God's word would prevail. But I want to make a few comments here related to foreign affairs and, and wars and, and what would should our focus be if we're going to try to apply the Bible to this area. Now I saw a comment, on social media that suggested we should be more focused on what is going on in ukraine than with the government mandates here in our nation and even in our county now i found that quite interesting because wouldn't the government love for the people to focus on the abuses of a government on the other side of the world and ignore the abuses of their own government and it vaguely reminded me of one of the party slogans from george orwell's book 1984. the the government controls every aspect of society and they have these three party slogans that define uh, what they how people are to think and and their their mantra and and the first one is war is peace so the slogan is war is peace and the idea was in 1984 the party had to continually be engaged in some foreign war in order to fix and galvanize the attention of the people away from the abuses, the abuses of their own government away from the tyranny in their own country and have them focus on what was going on on the other side of the world. Focus on the evil out there instead of the evil that is close at hand. And the government machine w- w- is going to, to love to get that focus off of their own abuses and focus our attention on the evil out there. So I found that interesting that even people are buying into that idea that, hey, this is more important than anything going on in America. Forget about the mandates. Forget about any of this stuff. We need to focus on on what's going on in Ukraine. Forget about the fact that in America we're murdering babies by the thousands, millions. What's more important than anything in our nation, in our state, in our county, is what's happening over there. Just in, in passing, another one of those slogans from Orwell's 1984 that the government promotes is freedom is slavery. And I found that to be that idea promoted during the COVID-19 pandemic and still today that, hey, if you follow these mandates, it's actually freedom. And the idea that more mandates will lead to freedom and the the craziness of that idea was, was lost on a lot of people. But for those who thought about it and understand what freedom truly is, they realize this is exactly What totalitarian regimes do they try to redefine things and say hey we're actually granting you freedom by forcing you to follow our mandates back to ukraine here's the thing it's not callous to say that we should be more concerned with what is happening here in our own nation and even more locally in our own county than with what is happening in ukraine that doesn't mean we don't care about the people of ukraine it simply means that we have limited resources and attention and i want to play a clip here from uh, matt walsh actually i don't agree with everything That Matt Walsh says, but I found this to be an interesting uh, perspective, and I agree with his perspective here. So listen very briefly to this, and then we'll talk a little bit about it.
1: Up until this point, I think it's safe to assume that you had never spent one second of your life thinking about Ukraine or worrying about who controls the different regions of it. It's not that you're callous or apathetic. It's just that You're a finite being, limited by both time and space, and so you're naturally most concerned with the things happening closest to you. Countries are fighting all over the globe in various ways. Factions are at war with one another all over the place. Land being taken, claimed, reclaimed. Are you supposed to have an opinion about all of those conflicts? Are you supposed to take a side? Maybe there are people fighting over something in Botswana right now, or Zambia, or wherever else but you don't even bother to check, because if there is a fight happening in those places, it's not your fight. Now, this again is not cruel disregard for the suffering of others. It's rather a lack of mental, emotional, and physical resources. You can only be so many places at once. You can only care about so many things at once. It's also a matter of priorities. You are loyal first and foremost to your family and your community, your country. That is your realm of interest, your sphere of influence. It's what's been given to you to care for and help protect. But now, in an instant, out of nowhere, the powers that be in in your country are telling you that you should care very much about Ukraine. It is indeed now your responsibility to care about the suffering of the Ukrainian people, you're told. How could you abandon them in their time of need? You are tied to them by spiritual bonds that you've just now been made aware of.
0: All right, so that's Matt Walsh talking about the fact that we should now all of a sudden be so concerned about Ukraine that it trumps everything else. And again, as I mentioned, we should care about the people of Ukraine. We should care about the people anywhere who are suffering under tyrants or military aggression. But the solution to bring about peace in the world is not found in getting involved in every conflict in the world, trying to police the world. The solution is found in following Christ in his law. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. The Bible does teach self-defense and the idea of a just war is a biblical concept. But the real solution to lasting peace, the real war going on that needs to be won, is in the realm of beliefs and ethics and worldview. You see, nations that are operating on humanistic law, humanistic worldview, anything that is contrary to Christ, those nations will, will always try to oppress others. And it may look like Russia invading Ukraine. It may look like Canada with the tyranny under Trudeau. It may look like America where we are murdering millions of babies, where we're following in the footsteps of these other tyrants throughout the world. So nations that abandon Christ are always going to try to oppress their people and others. And so the solution is not to just always try to get involved and stop every humanistic nation from doing their evil because you simply cannot do that. Now I've spoken about this before as it relates to America's involvement in the Middle East and and the same applies to Eastern Europe. And in fact, I want to read something that that I wrote eight years ago and, and in response to the evils being carried out by ISIS And I was commenting on a plea that someone made on social media for America to invade Iraq yet again. So there was the atrocities occurring with ISIS, very evil things, no doubt about that. And people were saying, hey, we need to invade Iraq again to stop this. And I want to read what I wrote. I said, the mass murder being carried out by ISIS is wicked. But America is not authorized or capable of policing the world. If bringing democracy to Iraq was a victory, it was a vain one. Democracy is mob rule. Democracy has brought us abortion, homosexual marriage, quote-unquote, and the welfare state. With the state America is in now, where we have our own mass murder being carried out on unborn children, and we exalt wicked behavior such as homosexual practices, we are a horrible example to other nations. If we, if we really want to be a light to the nations, we need to submit to Jesus Christ as a nation, abandon the welfare state, and practice righteousness according to God's word, not majority opinion. Then and only then would America be a city on a hill. Then we could open our doors to the oppressed in other lands who would come to America, not because of the welfare state, but because of our loyalty to Christ and his law. If America doesn't repent, God will raise up another nation to be a light for the world. But let's stop thinking America has the moral high ground at this point and is authorized by God or able to fix other nations' problems. So not much has changed in eight years, and unfortunately America's foreign affairs have been characterized by unjust wars, unconstitutional intervention, and immoral behavior. And we invaded Iraq with no congressional declaration of war, we invaded when there was no threat to our country, and we invaded with vague objectives, and to top it off, we claimed that installing democracy was somehow a victory in Iraq. Now, of course, Ukraine is not Iraq, but the point remains, we cannot police the world. And, and if we do police the world, what are the values that we are promoting? What are we trying to spread throughout the world? That is the question we need to consider. If we are going to say that America has some duty and obligation to police the world, what are we promoting? What, are, what is the end of our policing? What are the values that we are trying to spread? And I want to play actually one more clip here from Matt Walsh. Uh, about this and, and then make a couple of comments on this. So this is him speaking about w- what are those values that we are promoting if we are saying, hey, we're gonna police the world and give you guys what we think are the important values
1: because that is a fundamental value that we as a country stand up for and we stand up against that type of action that goes back to World War two uh, and uh, and we have repeatedly throughout history been leaders in the world in rallying support for any efforts to seize uh, territory from another country what the when the president spoke to the American people last week it was very
0: This, of course, is not Matt Walsh. This is Jen Psaki, uh, the White House, speaking about why we should be involved in Ukraine. And we'll get to Matt Walsh's comments in a minute. I'm going to speed this up to one and a half.
1: Important to him to be very direct and clear and straightforward with them about what this could mean. uh, As we looked to what the impact of an invasion could mean uh, and also what the impact of sanctions could mean. And the fact that standing up for values uh, is not without cost, including in this case. Well, there you have it. The White House doesn't even pretend that American families are somehow at risk because of Putin's actions in Ukraine. If if that was the case, and if they could make that case, they would have made it. That's the strongest case. They don't even pretend that our involvement is to protect and defend our own people. They say that this is about standing up for values, which is the same justification given for every bad and disastrous conflict we've involved ourselves in for the last several decades. We have to stand for values. But what values? The value that says no country should ever invade another country? How is that a value? There are, again, invasions and incursions and conflicts all over the globe, everywhere, all the time. Do our values stipulate that we have to play referee in all of those disputes? And I have to ask, who appointed us referee anyway? What right do we have to assume that role, especially since we've been known to do plenty of invading ourselves? No, that, that can't be the value, so what is it?
0: And, and the, here's, here's the thing. We cannot control the world. What is the biblical way to bring about a desired end in the world? Because I will say, yes, it is a good desire to want nations to be free, to to operate based on biblical law. Now, of course, that's not the objective of the Biden administration administration or even any Republican administration, but that should be the objective. The objective should be, how can we get other nations to follow God's word? Because that is the only way that there will be peace and prosperity and justice for their people and people throughout the world. So what is the solution? Is the solution to police the world? No. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, this is the solution for this is th- the means prescribed by God's word for how a nation might bring about change in the world. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 4, when God is is has given the laws and his word to the people of Israel as they are going to come together under covenant with God and govern their nation according to his word. It says this Deuteronomy 4 6 keep them and do them, speaking of God's law. God's commandments, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who when they hear all these statutes will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? So the idea is that people would look at a nation that is truly free under God, under God's law. That's the only time you can have true freedom is if there is is law, uh, God's law. So a nation would look and see this is a nation that is truly free, that is truly prosperous, that is truly just, and we want to be like that nation. Now we see a tiny bit of this, I think, with the founding of America, because America of course was not perfect and is by no means perfect today we've we've fallen uh, right back into some of our previous sins but america there were there were biblical foundations for America that led to its great prosperity and blessing and people nations saw that and one wanted to emulate what happened in America and two a lot of people wanted to come here because of those values and I'm convinced the main reason that that nations today hate America is not because of our values. I mean, we've abandoned most of our biblical values. And so the liberal values that that we hold, you know, a lot of nations hold those. But a lot of the reason that a lot of nations don't like America is because we get involved in everybody's business. And that's not not the way to export your values. The way to do that is to follow God's law and be a light and a city on a hill now let, let's just say somehow we we stopped the invasion of ukraine let's say well we, we we used all our military and we did stop the invasion of ukraine and we lost a lot of lives in doing so but we prevented that from happening are we supposed to then police russia indefinitely i mean is that the solution you know how can we really help those who are oppressed not only in ukraine or iraq but all over the world Again, there, there are conflicts and, and disputes and wars going on all over the world right now. What's the solution? Is it to try to police all of those situations? No, it's not. The solution is submitting to Christ as a nation. And we've already looked at Deuteronomy 4. God's word is not silent on this issue. Proverbs 14:34, justice exalteth the nation, but sin is a shame to the people. And Psalm 33:12 said, blessed is that nation whose God is the Lord and even the people that he hath chosen for his inheritance. The solution, the way to bring about peace and justice and righteousness in our nation and to have that spread abroad is to follow God's law. Now, America today, in many ways, is a shameful example example to other nations because of our sin. We really do have nothing good to offer to the world if we reject Christ. And the only example we really have right now is, is some of those vestiges from our founding principles that were based... On Christian values. Now, a lot of the, the founding values and, and some of the things are, were not Christian, and so I'm not saying that the perfect solution is to go back to the founding. The solution is to build upon that, reject what wasn't biblical, and follow what is biblical. But there was much in this nation that was based on biblical truth. And that's really the only example we have to offer. But as we continue to abandon those things and reject the institutions that God has ordained, marriage, for example, that leads to blessing in society, we don't have anything to offer the world. You know, So the only thing that's going to exalt America is, is justice or righteousness according to God's law. Not No matter how great our military is, all the, that's irrelevant if we have abandoned God and his word. So the question is, what is is America going to export? What are we going to be promoting in the world if it's not at loyalty and fidelity to Christ and his law? It's simply going to be sin, and it's not going to lead to blessing for anybody. But if we repent as a nation, and God grants revival and reformation in, in this land, then we will have something to offer to the world. We won't invade other nations as policemen of the world, something we have no authority to do, and something the Founding Fathers, by the way, didn't want us to do. But we will be a city on a hill, a light to the world of what true justice, righteousness, and freedom looks like. We would say as a nation that, hey, we are weak, we are feeble. Any good, any strength we have comes from Christ, but we're going to seek to follow God's law and his word. We're not going to trust in our military. We can have a military. There's a place for just defense and biblical thought. We can have a military, but we're not going to trust in that military and say we're the greatest nation on the earth because of all this power we have. That's the pride that goes before destruction. We need to depend on Christ and his law. And then we could open our doors as a nation to the world. We could say, this is a place that the oppressed should come. This is a place for the downcast, for the persecuted. Come to America, not because we're going to offer you these benefits or this welfare state, but to offer you a society built upon the word of God and the law of Christ. That's a nation that I would be proud of. And that's a nation that would be an example and a light to others. So I pray that God would, would break the teeth of any wicked leader that is oppressing any any group of people and their evil machinations would come to an end. But I also pray the same for the evil leaders here in America, the g- evil government officials that promote abortion, the abortionists here. So we should not have this view that, well, everything in America does is good and all the evil is out there. That's a, a blinding. It's kind of like the thing that happens in our personal lives. And we say, The problem with with sin is all the other people's sin and not mine. I don't have any sin that I need to deal with. So we should pray for the Christians in Ukraine, in Iraq, throughout the world, and pray that God would strengthen them and subvert the plans of their enemies, but also pray the same for every baby in in this nation that is about to be murdered even today at a a Planned Parenthood. In many ways, and, and this may be viewed as harsh, but America in many ways is worse than a lot of these wicked nations in the world because... We have such a rich history of biblical thought in our land, and yet we are ruthlessly abandoning it and rejecting Christ. Now, of course, I believe that there is a great many number of people that uh, oppose the liberals' agenda and even the Republican agenda of going away from the foundation of Christ. But what we are projecting to the world is not the lordship of Christ. It is secularism, and that will not lead to blessing. So our Unbiblical attempts to promote democracy, whatever we may try to say that is in the world, will fail. And trying to police Russia's borders will fail. Even if somehow we were able to end that conflict, what happens next? What happens when Russia goes for for another country's borders? We need a long-term solution, and that long-term solution is not being the policeman of the world. Those efforts will fail, but the gospel of Jesus Christ will not fail. And this is where we need to have a robust, thoroughly biblical worldview. The Lordship of Christ is not limited to the realm of personal salvation or the issues of the church. The Lordship of Christ is over all the nations. And the nation that submits to Christ and governs according to His word will truly be a beacon and a refuge for those for people all over the world. Again, I believe nations should be able to defend themselves. Okay, and Ukraine, and this is, you know, the sad and ironic thing is that Ukraine would be in a better position to defend itself today if America and other nations didn't get involved in the affairs of other countries. America and other nations encouraged Ukraine to give up their nuclear weapons. And this is always, it doesn't make any sense to me, why America thinks it's okay for us to have nuclear weapons but not other nations. And, you know, Ron Paul, who, in my opinion, it was the the foreign policy expert and the best candidate the Republican Party has had, in my generation has, has, has talked about this. And, and why would a nation that is surrounded by military powers with nuclear weapons, not want a nuclear weapon? We would not want to give up our nuclear weapons. Why do we expect other nations to want to do the same? And so we, and and this actually happened um, on, on Thursday, there's a a Fox news interviewed uh, Alexei Goncharenko from Ukraine. I probably pronounced that wrong. A member of A government over there. And and this is what he said, uh, talking about how it was, what a mistake it was to buy into the fact that America and even Russia and the United Kingdom said, we will protect you if you give up your nuclear weapons. He said, quote, Ukraine is the only nation in human history which gave up the nuclear arsenal, the third biggest in the world in 1994, with guarantees of the US, UK, and Russian Federation. Where are these guarantees? Now we are bombed and killed. end quote. That's what he told uh, Fox News. So uh, Ukraine was promised, hey, give up your weapons and we'll take care of you. And now, of course, that's not happening. So again, just another uh, hypocrisy. hey, hey we, we and, and, and think about, you know, if there was ever a border dispute going on in, in our in North America and Russia or China sent troops over here, we would go nuts. but yet we expect that we, that we think that we should have the authority to go overseas and get involved in their border disputes. So, we need to return to the biblical foundation for the state, for the government, and the solution is not to be found in policing the world. The solution is to be found in setting our own house in order. We have a lot of issues in America and the government would love to take your attention away from the abuse of power, the tyranny, the mandates the abandonment of traditional values, the murder of babies by the millions, they would love to take your attention away from that and focus it on Ukraine and say the real evil, the real problem in the world is Putin, which I I don't doubt that he's evil, but they want us to focus on that instead of the evil that is in our own nation and dealing with that. And that is what we have to focus on first. If we were to be a blessing to other nations in any way, we need to first set our own house in order let's take a brief break and we'll come back and wrap up quickly with a story and then some commentary about the government school system so we'll be right back
1: Thomas Jefferson once said that our liberty depends on the freedom of the press, however, it seems today that many media outlets are acting as the puppets of political tyrants or liberal elites. Criticism of the government is being silenced in favor of the accepted narrative, but we believe truth will ultimately triumph in the marketplace of ideas. We are the Lancaster Patriot, and we are committed to honest reporting without fear or favor. To get our print newspaper delivered to your mailbox, Visit us online at thelancasterpatriot.com or call us at 717-370-7508. All
0: right. Well, in Florida, you're probably aware that there there are two bills. One is about critical race theory being taught in schools, and the other is about teaching about sexual identity in school. The the latter has been called the Don't Say Gay Bill, but it's it's really about the fact that teachers should not be addressing the issues for elementary school, whatever the age range is, and t- that should be left to parents. And part of it was, I think, that the school should have to ident- uh, notify parents if a child com- comes out and says something about his identity. I think that was removed from the bill, but the bill uh, remains, and it's being pushed, that teachers should not be teaching on these subjects to young children. So... This is uh, one of the the state representatives in Florida, Representative Smith. Uh, I want to read his comments here and, and talk about them briefly. So he said, we call it the don't say gay bill because it prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity. But members, he says, this bill goes way beyond the text on the page. It sends a terrible message to our youth that there is something so wrong, so inappropriate, so dangerous about this topic that we have to censor it. From classroom instruction. So this was in the Tampa Bay Times from yesterday, actually. And he actually, he noted that the bill does not prohibit lessons about sexual activity, but rather about sexual orientation and quote, an entire community of people. So this actually isn't the main point I want to discuss about this issue, but I do want to make a couple comments on it. This goes back to what we discussed before, that this idea that we should view people who embrace the sin of sexual immorality, whether that's, I mean, it could be fornication, it could be adultery. In this case, it's sexual perversion of God's design for man and woman. But people who embrace that sin, we are supposed to view them as a community. And that is is—is using language to try to play on people's emotions and say, if you oppose this, this is not simply a matter of your views. You are oppressing a community of people. And again, we need to reject that idea. There is not a community uh, of sinners that we need to treat in some special way the issue is what is right what is true and what is righteous and what sins should be what are sins that we need to avoid because we should avoid all sins so again that idea oh this is a community that we need to protect is false and we need to reject that and understand that's a play on language trying to appeal to the emotions of people but really the main issue i want to speak about with this is the issue of morality and education. And here I think the Republicans are very confused because they want to they want in some way they want to stand on Christian morality. They want to stand on the fact that God created man and woman and there are two genders and man is to marry a woman and very clearly the biblical teaching, the traditional teaching. And so they they want to stand on that, but they also on the other hand have embraced the socialist system of government education and and that's what it is it's a socialistic system where you're going to tax everybody's property you're going to force people to pay based on the property they own to educate other people's kids it's a socialistic system so republicans protest against these teachings on, on the grounds that on what grounds do they do it so on one on one hand they try to say well morality shouldn't be taught in school isn't that funny that that's what the left used that argument to try to remove whether it's the ten commandments or anything from the school and say hey the school should not be religious they should not teach morality we need to remove this stuff and now the republicans are saying the same thing well the school should not be teaching moral issues and i think the left here you know really understands that morality is an essential part of education you cannot have an education that is amoral. You can have immoral education, which teaches wrong behaviors and wrong worldviews. And you can have moral education, which teaches the correct ones, but you cannot have amoral education. All education is meant to form a worldview in the student's mind. So I shared earlier something from Matt Walsh I agreed with. Now I want to share something that I'm a little critical of because here he, he kind of uh, it demonstrates the problem in the mind of, in my view, many Republicans and conservatives on this issue. So listen here as he talks very briefly about this.
1: Uh, Danielle says sexuality should not be discussed or taught at any age in school. Now tolerance, acceptance, and non-bullying, no matter your sexual preference or gender identity has been and is in force and should be, but that's completely different than actively teaching it. Um, let kids be kids. They should learn that there is much more to personality slash lifestyle than your gender slash sexuality. I'm only going to disagree with you, Danielle, because I don't think that tolerance and acceptance should be taught or enforced either. know uh because then the questions are like what are we tolerating exactly why are we tolerating that and acceptance is a whole other level who decides what we're supposed to accept and why these are all moral claims and moral judgments and you as a public school teacher that's not your job you know to moralize and to kind of impose your own moral view of the world onto kids now it's not your job it's not why anybody sends their kids to public school parents send their kids to public school thinking that they're going to get naively thinking they're going to get just a basic academic education uh, so it's not your job. It, it is also inevitable that the lessons being taught to kids will be wrapped up in a moral worldview. Um, but that doesn't make it. Okay. All right. right, let's.
0: So there you can kind of see he, he, he says both things. He says, one, it's not your job as a teacher to teach moral issues. And then in the next breath, he says, but it's inevitable. So th- this is the problem. You know, which is it? You know, the Republicans, which one, which position are you going to take? Should the government avoid moral issues or should, or should government ed, should government education avoid moral issues or should government education provide a moral education according to what worldview so though i'm conservative and i appreciate some of what the republic republican party does this highlights another reason that i have such a little hope in the party as it stands now making any real change they don't stand on any solid foundation if they want to say that morality shouldn't be taught then they have embraced the morality of socialism, the worldview of socialism, and the left has won the contest. Because if if the Republicans say, "Hey, government education should be should be all moral," which is an impossibility, and they even recognize that, but if that's what they're going to try to to say, then the left has won because they'll say, "Well, what we're teaching is all moral because we want to teach all the viewpoints except the Christian one." So is that what Republicans are going to say that the government should not government education should not provide a moral should not address moral issues? what are they going to say on the other hand? Because the Republican party, I do not believe is going to say that government education should stand on Christian morality because they're not willing to say that every government policy should be based on biblical truth because that would destroy 95% of what the Republican party stands for. If they said, Hey, we need to base all our government decisions on biblical truth. Well, they've just eliminated all of their departments and all their support of all these things as well. And if they did that actually if they said well we think the government education can't be amoral so we we propose that it be based on Christian values well if they did that then they would re- they would have to recognize at least if they spent any time considering it and reading the Bible that the government school system should simply be abolished it should be abolished now look there are a lot of great people a lot a lot of Christians in the government school system but that does not change the fact that the system as a whole as a whole is unbiblical and bound to fail. It's not the state's job, nor is the state competent. Goodness, could, could, why would we think that the government is competent to educate our children? Look at look at how they view issues, look at how they manage things, look at the debt uh, of our nation. Why do we think that the government is competent to educate our children? And even if we take it to a more local level level, it's not the state's job, it's not the government's job, even at a local level, to educate our children. That responsibility falls on the parents. And if the state removed itself from that, parents and local communities and private groups, private associations, churches could offer education and that the free market would also provide a way of of charitable education. So it's not the government's job to educate our children. And this is why the Republican Party continues to fail here because they do not stand on biblical truth. They try to promote their permission, per position, promote their position, but they have no foundation for doing so. So they waffle back and forth. Well, education should be moral, but we can't really uh, substantiate that claim because we're not standing on the Bible. Well, education should be all moral, but in that case, then anything, it just, it's a mess because the Republican Party as it stands now has no foundation. Their worldview is schizophrenic the left, to their credit, has a worldview that they are operating on and they are operating on it consistently. They know that education is moral. They know what their worldview is. It's secularism. It's it's one of the it's a a, a evil, wicked worldview that leads to pain, destruction, and suffering. But that's their worldview and they embrace it and they stand on it. And the Republican Party does not have a coherent worldview to oppose it. So that is the issue here, and my plea for the Republican Party, and whether it's the Republican Party reforms, or a new party, or whatever, the solution is to return to God's Word, to base all these decisions on God's Word. So that's it for today. Check out the Lancaster Patriot newspaper. 52 times a year, once a week, we deliver this print newspaper to your door. We have local stories. We're focused on Lancaster County. We also have news about Pennsylvania, news about the, wor- the world, and news about uh, America, the nation. But we also have faith sections, perspective sections, where we apply the Bible to these issues. So it's probably unlike any other newspaper you've read. Check us out at LancasterPatriot.com. Until next time, have a great day, and God bless.